Hello and welcome to Geek Space 9, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic series Star Trek Deep Space 9. With me as always is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I'm doing pretty well. I am currently wrapped up in my bed, so I'm nice and toasty right now. Aw. And how are you, Sarah? <laughs> Well, that is a most wonderful feeling. Uh, I'm doing very well. Thank you, Ben. I'm not quite so cozy, but I've got my tea in my Movie Gang podcast mug, so it's all good. Aww. I have I have realized that like ever since Jack sent those to us, I have A, been drinking tea more, and B, <laughs> drink tea exclusively out of that cup. Like <laughs> nothing else will do. Even yep. if I'm at a friend's house I, and, like, and they offer me tea... And somewhere in the back of my head, I'm just like, you know what? I didn't bring it with me, so no. <laughs> Look what I found. I found whiskey I forgot about. Oh my <laughs> God. How long ago it. did you forget about it? It had ice in it before, and it doesn't now. <laughs> well, yeah, but okay. are we talking like two hours or two days? <laughs> yeah, it's all the same when you drink a lot. <laughs> okay, see, like, see, like no, today, I just probably. know See, okay. I just know that somewhere Bobby is like screaming, how yeah. did you forget it? Like, you know, she's like, you know, she perked up and she was just like, someone forgot it. How dare you? <laughs> All I right. sense of disturbance in the alcohol force. <laughs> someone is not drinking what they're supposed to. My whiskey so. sense is tingling. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we saw season three, episode 13 and 14, which is Life Support and Heart of Stone. So first up is life support. So let's get the side plot out of the way first, because we got a lot of sad to get through. Little Cisco gets a date, causing him to cancel his plans with Nog. However, when he tells Nog, the Ferengi takes it as now he will go on a double date with Jake. Much to Jake's horror, during the n- date, Nog acts like a brute, and both girls leave in disgust. Nog and Jake fight, but Benjamin convinces Jake to try and reach common ground. Jake parent traps Nog into a locked cell where they hash out their differences. They ask Odo to let them out, but he's nowhere to be found. Wacky adventures! Now on to the sad. The episode opens with an emergency as a Bajoran transport arrives after a massive accident. Aboard is Kai Wen, who is frustratingly safe, as well as Vedic <laughs> Barail, who is gravely injured. Dr. Bashir tries his best to revive Barail, but he dies. Bashir consoles Kira, who goes off to grieve through her work. Before Barail's autopsy, Bashir discovers Barail's brain is showing some signs of life. Bashir sends direct energy into Barail's brain, which revives him back. However, the damage suffered by the accident and the revival has caused Barail's blood vessels to constrict, causing constant damage to his organs that will kill him. Bashir urges Barail to go into stasis so he can find a cure. But Kai Wynn and Barail reveal the reason for their trip. Kai Wynn has brokered peace negotiations with the Cardassians, and Barail was integral to the talks. Both Wynn and Barail demand Barail be kept awake until the talks are over, much to the distress of Dr. Bashir. The doctor relents and gives Barail a drug that could stop the constriction, but has possible side effects of causing permanent organ damage. As the negotiations continue, Barail becomes worse, losing organs that have to be replaced by artificial ones. Despite this, Wynne demands that Barail be kept alive to help her. Bashir confronts her to say he thinks Wynne only needs Barail as a scapegoat if the talks fail. Despite this, 
Kira, Wynn, and Boreal himself keep urging Bashir to push forward against his wishes. Eventually, the drug causes permanent brain damage to Boreal, something he cannot recover from. Despite his warnings, Bashir replaces his damaged brain with a positronic matrix. Boreal is alive, but lacking the passion and life that Kira wanted. The, the negotiations succeed, but Boreal's brain sustains even more damage. Wynne, who has gotten what she wants, now says Boreal can die, while Kira pleads with Bashir to give him even more implants. But Bashir puts his foot down, saying that he won't take away the last spark of life Boreal has left. He leaves Kira alone to say to stay with Boreal as he dies. As he slips away, Kira tells the story of how she first fell in love with him. How do we feel about tears. life support? Tears. All of the Just, tears. Oh my god. All of the sad. Oh my god. Uh, other than the side plot, which was a tonal nightmare in terms of this episode <laughs> my god i really enjoyed this one a lot and i particularly related to this one because my mother is a palliative care nurse and she will often tell you that there is a big difference between quality of life and life and that mm -hmm. what a lot of people lose in sort of the last days when they're clearly dying is quality of life and so i thought this is a very interesting episode sort of talking about that or even in the future, and they have all these amazing advancements and can just replace his organs at will, uh, there's still a point where the quality of life is just not okay anymore, and you just have to let someone go. And I thought that was really beautiful and interesting to see done on a film. It's something I haven't really seen done outside of, you know, like a medical show before. But I'm curious how you, yeah. how you guys felt about this episode. No, yeah, I, w I would agree. I mean, like, like, like because because taking a cue, because taking a cue a cue from a, from 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 another text if 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 you will if you will um for for the word use an, an, another text of science fiction there is only so far you can go in replacing body parts with like basically machines before you stop being adam jensen from deus mm. ex and, and you are just this. like this soulless being that's like are you alive i can't tell anymore right and we get this interesting idea where there is a, a line, even in Star Trek, where you cannot replace brain damage. And that usually right. is the case, unfortunately, is that brain damage is the bad one. So how do you feel about this, Sarah? I, um, I, I don't know if it was because of the, you know, as you said, tonally inappropriate side plot. Um, but uh, or, or maybe it's just because... I'm not used to Star Trek episodes going this dark. Like usually something will happen and you know they'll come back and it's it's fine and everybody's happy and um but no, this is he's gone. Like he died and they tried to bring it back and he did his job with their Cardassian peace talks and whatever. And then he died again. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, and I think that's why I related to it is that unfortunately it's perhaps a little more realistic even if not as meh I, I think it works for me but i can understand if there's some frustration to no, it no no it, it it worked for me as well it just really took me by surprise because with the exception of maybe like you know tasha yar from next generation yes. spoilers um right uh, that but they don't really make a habit of killing off you know main characters. characters i mean i realize he's maybe main character character is not right he's, but he's like on a garrick a recurring he's, a very he's like on a garrick high win level you know he's a major recurring yeah yeah 
And um, I hope this, I hope we see more of how his death affects Kira personally and how it affects Bajoran politics and religious life. And I hope they don't just gloss over it. I know getting a bit ahead of myself. I know in the next episode, they don't address it at all. And that really disappointed me. Yeah. I mean, I've been having this thing lately where I've had a problem with, with modern uh, television. At least as of this recording, I still have not watched Westworld, even though it's been out for months and people all say, it's it's so good. You're not alone. It's a great show and you have to watch it. But like, I'm just really tired of these shows that, um, tell one story over 10 episodes and the new star trek's gonna do this too so you know look forward to our show our inevitable show on that that show but uh i've just become very much attached to the 90s style we tell one story and tell arcs but you know we 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 tell a story damn it you know (laughs) like we didn't leave this episode going well stuff happened and then i guess next week we'll see like where westworld is all just like from what i understand a lot of like well see what happens tomorrow you know versus here's a story we saw it we can talk about this story and what it means to larger context the problem with that though is you have stuff where you go from life support to heart of stone which i agree where it's like cure's really sad and the cure is like oh odo you're silly yeah. and you're like aren't you in mourning <laughs> yeah did you not get any time off from this and they may have filmed them completely different times and they just decided yeah. to put it there for different reasons and that's part of the problem with these serialized shows is is you're right uh there's, there's a show i love called i zombie and a main character dies and it's very sad and then the the main character is like it's her boyfriend and then so spoiler for i zombie i'm sorry but then like literally she never mourns for him and i'm so mad at her for the rest of the series because i'm oh, like he was great why don't gosh. you talk about him more <laughs> i mean and, yeah. and, and like and with deep space nine there's also the there's all the blah, blah blah i can't talk today there's also uh the thing with how with, with how they don't always um, they don't always state the star date at the beginning of the episode. So I mean, so, so I mean, who's to know like how, like who's to know like like how long or how short of a time it it, it, it is between life support and heart of stone. I mean, I mean, unless I mean, unless there unless someone out there can glean any kind of evidence from the episode and be like, okay, it happened this long. Afterwards. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I don't know. I'm sure nerds can. I'm sure they oh, have yeah. the ability to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you can get a bunch, if you can get a bunch of nerds together, and and you and you and and they and they can take, um, God, and and they and they can and they can take Ice Cube song today. Like it, like it was a good day, and like pinpoint the day. That <laughs> they it, really- like, like the, no, so like like li- like literally, like literally, people have taken Ice Cube's song "It Was a Good Day," and based on his lyrics, what they have pinpointed it? the day he is talking about. That's so funny! Wow! Like, and I think it's... we have a lot of time on our hands. Yeah. Jesus, that's hilarious. Yeah, like 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 apparent like apparent apparently apparently like the date he is talking about. Actually, no, scratch that. I, I forget. I, I I forget. I forget what day it is. But like look like look it up listeners like if 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 you haven't or if you haven't already seen it like they have pinpointed okay based on the game based based on the NBA game that he's talking about based on the weather based on other stuff based on pagers and beepers this is the, this is the exact date that's so funny wow. it's kind of hilarious <laughs> apparently uh believe it or not they, there are they've bigger determined nerds than us that it was uh January 20th 1992 <laughs> oh my god according okay. to the internet 
<laughs> hey, so that's coming up. Happy, happy song anniversary. Yeah. Ice Cube. Yeah. Happy good day anniversary. <laughs> that By the time you hear this, it will be long after that. But this we record true. this in mid-January. Right. Yeah. In spirit, Ice Cube, we are wishing you a very good day on the, on the 20th. But yeah, the, what do you think the fact that they've killed a major character is? Because like you said, Sarah, usually when they kill a major character, it's usually for... I don't know if this was the case with, uh, uh, sorry, I don't know the actor's name, uh, who plays um, Burial, if that was, he just had conflict issues or whatever, but since he was a current character, mm-hmm. I don't imagine that was the case, mm-hmm. but usually they kill people well, to go on other shows like they did uh, Tasha Yar. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so how do we feel yes, about this one where it's sort of more mid-season? Claim they did with Alicia Debnam Carey because she was also on Fear of the Walking Dead. Um but yeah, I don't know. It certainly uh, raises the stakes because we're only yeah. in season three. Like I thought, Brow would stick around. You no, know, it's. By that. I did too. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like Game of Thrones level. No one is safe. But you know, if they can kill off somebody this early on, then conceivably, maybe even more major characters will have you know left us by the end of the show. Yeah, and and I and I like I liked that. I, I like I liked simply that th- that they that they were willing to take a risk on like the fina- the finality of yeah he's dead and, and, instead of just being like he's going to be sick for a while and you're not going to see him for like you're not going to see him for the, for the rest of the season but he'll, but he'll be back in season four it's like no he's just gone like I I applaud their commitment to that right and it's sort of interesting because and again I feel like this is all big. I think this is written by some medical nerd or someone who cares about medicine storytelling or something like that because it starts with a classic Star Trek thing where he dies and then they're like, but people have died so many times on Star Trek. I think someone counted that Scotty in the original series died like nine times, like something insane oh, no. like that, where what? it's like, there's been like at least three times where Jim, he's like, Scotty's dead. And then he comes back, you know. Um, he's dead, Jim. Yeah. So characters <laughs> die a lot in Star Trek, but don't die forever. It's a very superhero thing. Um, even Tasha Yar has an interesting episode where she comes back, which I just watched. Um, yeah. But uh, in an alternate universe, of course. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it was sort of interesting because it almost starts like that, where it's like, Star Trek medicine can do anything. You can even bring a dead guy back to life. And it's like, well, can't do everything. And so I thought that was sort of interesting yeah. the way they everything. start with like, ah, that's not. Don't worry about it. And then it's like, oh, geez, people still die in this universe, which I thought was sort of fascinating. Mm-hmm. By the way, the actor's name who plays Vedic Burial is Philip Anglum. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Burial Antos. No, wait, that's a lie. Yes? Yes. No, his name is Burial Antos. His right. full, full name, Vedic not Burial. just Vedic Burial. Gotcha. Yeah, Vedic was his title. Yes. Yes. Like Kaiwin. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Kaiwin. <laughs> Did you think that do you think what Bashir said was true? That she was just yes. using Burial? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Interesting. When... It... Go ahead, Peter. If... I was just going to say, even if it wasn't completely true, based on stuff she has done in the past, there was still part of her that was like, I still need a way out. Because this I can can't see that. all be yeah. on me. Yeah, I could see that. I do think she's changed somewhat. I do think Burial was truly actually important to her. But mm-hmm. I also do agree that she's very much an opportunist. And when yeah, browse, yeah, like, there was there was some bit of of of, of, gen- of genuineness in her in her in her saying in her saying no. I actually appreciate what like what 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 he, what he does and how he has helped me. But you know, 
you can't that exactly. was more important to her than his quality of life yeah right and i really want to give props to not my visitor who gets uh gets to act up a storm in these two episodes we get mm-hmm. sort of a nana visitor off <laughs> yeah and i thought she did very well in both is there anything else you want to say for life support uh, do we need to go back to fun with Jake and Nog? Yeah, I guess we can quickly talk about it. I, I mentioned off air that this was uh, sort of interesting. So we'll talk about Nog in the next episode where I was very surprised that I actually liked the Nog storyline more in the second episode, but we'll talk about that. Um, but this was almost my Nog breaking point. <laughs> where I was mm. like, yeah, talk it, about the, lack of continuity between episodes. Seriously. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was the most painful dumb setup you could possibly have where it's like the double date you know like nog's gonna act like a dick and even like they literally parent trap each other it was just like so predictable it was such Mm -hmm. a bummer to me yeah i mean i'm just curious like like i mean like i mean like ben said we'll get to it when we when we talk about the next episode i'm just curious like with how with, with how as perceptive as as perceptive as nog shows himself to be in the next episode which we'll talk about he was completely oblivious to how to to how both his and jake's date were completely turned off by his behavior and it's like you are clearly like like an intelligent ferengi right how are you missing this where's the disconnect I mean, I don't know that I would even say he didn't notice that they didn't appreciate his behavior. I think that he was raised to not care about that, but then I think he was more surprised that Jake was so offended. That that's definitely fair. I can I can see that. But even then it still bothers me because I feel like we're going back to T and G level Ferengi, where it's just like so cookie cutter and I feel like we've done some really interesting things with the Ferengi and especially with and we do get a nice moment with Cisco, where it seems like he's very clearly changed his mind. Again, nice character growth moments. Uh, mm-hmm. But it just, it definitely felt like old school, like, Frank, you're just a bunch of dicks. And it's like, yeah, no I mean, nuance. I realize, I realize they're a, you know, fictional species, but it seemed really racist towards Ferengi. Right. Exactly. Right. And I like the idea of it where it was like two people of very different cultures as they grow mm-hmm. up would have conflict. I get what they were trying to do there. It just was that Nog was clearly wrong. <laughs> like, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, you Very do this and I do wrong. this. It's like, no, you're an asshole and I'm not. And you, that annoys me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I would have, I would have liked it better if, if it had been a situation where, 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 the, where instead of it being like, no, this is very cut and dry no stop doing that like there there should have been more of a gray area if a gray area like that that like 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 left more open to interpretation where where it's like okay there's no right there's no right or wrong way to do this necessarily this just how you would do it because you're a human this is how i would do it because i'm a frankie yeah this version of nog in this episode would very much have the hashtag not all frankie Uh, no, he's not even played by an actual Ferengi. So racist. Racist Star Trek. He's <laughs> just a white guy in makeup. Ugh. <laughs> by the way, how did Klingons get away from, like, that it's okay to have white people play Klingons? Like, I don't know how that happened, but well done. But, I like, I don't know. Yeah. 
Like Christopher Plummer can play a Klingon and Michael Dorn can play a Klingon and no one's mad. I'm not mad, but I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be mad. Yeah. But it's like, I guess we just, the ridges helped to make them not blackface, I guess, enough. Where it's like when they were on TOS, it was very clearly yeah. white guys and blackface and, or brown very face. And it was like, and yeah, I hadn't actually thought about it that way before, but when you put it that way, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Right. She had more oh, ridges and I guess it's okay. I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to be mad or not. I'm not mad. I was uh, I was watching an episode of Voyager the other day, and uh, I had fr- I, I've watched all of Voyager through once, but it was in like 2014. Mm-hmm. So you know, lots have happened in the last three years, and uh, I'd forgotten about the character Tuvok. Yes. Um. The uh, the Black Vulcan, and I don't know. He just made me very happy, and I'm glad that they have, you know, humans of various races playing you know aliens within the same species yeah. i think that's cool yeah. because it's something that should normally happen yes absolutely totally looking at everyone who writes any kind of high fantasy shit with elves <laughs> yes elves very white oh. those are very very white just saying it's true mm-hmm. this is very true all right. Are there any non-white characters in Lord of the Rings? Well, I'm, I'm sure there there are many, you know, Asian Pacific Island descent characters because the the films are made in New Zealand. Oh. I say that. Quite frankly, all the Maori people tend to play orcs. Quite frankly. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm. Just saying. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Before anyway. We ruin, <laughs> Before we ruin Lord Damn of the Rings it, for ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk. Is there anything else to say for this episode? Here we go. No, I'm good. All right. Same. Well, let's mm-hmm. talk about Heart of Stone. So, as I mentioned, we have another Nog B plot for a feels heavy episode, so let's get through that first again. Though, as I mentioned, I like this one a lot more. Nog approaches Cisco with a bag full of gold, much to Cisco's surprise. Even more surprising, he reveals the gold is so Nog can be Cisco's apprentice as Nog wants to join Starfleet. Both Siskos dismiss this as a joke, but Nog is deadly serious. Benjamin decides to test Nog by giving him a thankless task of doing a full inventory of the station's cargo bay. Much to Sisko's surprise, Nog not only does it, but does it exceptionally well. Sisko was impressed, but still not convinced of Nog's intentions. He confronts Nog and demands the truth, to which Nog finally gives his reasons. Nog feels that his dad, Rom, wasted his brilliant mechanical mind in order to pursue a Ferengi way of life, whereas if he was a Starfleet officer, he would have been much more useful. Nog, too, feels pursuing a Ferengi way of life would be a waste of his time, so instead he wants to be be somebody and become the first Ferengi in Starfleet. Sisko, moved by Nog's story, agrees to write a letter of recommendation for Nog for Starfleet Academy. Quark learns of this and forbids Nog from going, but Rom stands up for himself and tells Nog to go for it. Aww. Okay. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Back to the fields. On a runabout, Kira and Odo discover a Maquis ship. They chase the ship into the Badlands and into a small moon. They search for the pilot in the caves of the moon when Kira's foot gets caught in a crystal. Much to their shock, the crystal is resistant to phaser fire or physical damage and begins to grow around Kira. Eventually, the crystal begins to encase Kira, and she demands Odo leave without her as the whole cave seems ready to collapse. Odo tries to use an ultrasonic generator to destroy the crystal, which he is shocked to discover doesn't work. 
That's cute. Does that mean a sonic screwdriver? <laughs> as, we'll go for it. as Kira begins to be crushed by the crystal, Odo confesses his love to Kira. Mu- ah. Much to his surprise, she says she loves Odo as well. No response from Sarah. Odo is stunned Bullshit. by this, but also <laughs> suspicious. He begins to piece together the in- inconsistencies in Kira's story and realizes it's not her. To his surprise, Kira morphs into the female changeling. <laughs> the one Odo met on his home planet. She reveals she was the Maquis and she led the duo into a trap so she could discover why Odo wants to stay with the humans and what Kira meant to him. She tries to convince Odo to come home and he's like, nah, you're weird. <laughs> she transports away and Odo takes Kira back to DS9. Odo tells her of the trap that the founder set, and Kira asks why the founder would impersonate her of all people, to which Odo says he doesn't know. Of course, hiding his true feelings. What do we think of Heart of Stone? Oh, no. Oh, no. More tears. All the yes. So, as I said, uh, the, the B-plot sort of ruined Heart of Stone for me, and I'll be honest, and I don't know if I'm alone in this, the twist ruined Heart of Stone for me. I thought it was a real dumb twist. How'd you guys? Yeah, although I can't imagine Odo confessing his love to Kira for real yet. Um, but he thought it was real at the time, right? And then I know he thought yeah. he thought it was real, but it, it felt too soon to oh, me. Yeah. And then especially when she yeah. said she in left season, him back, it's like something is wrong. Yeah, in a season yeah, three yeah, sense, spe- I get what you're saying. And especially knowing that there are seven seasons, it's like, no, we need like we literally need like two more seasons before it, <laughs> before you ever like actually. Well, what's say like the office face. model? Like they don't get together to what like season four, right? And then married in season five. Like that's the usual one, right? So we got. I one. love the slow burn. I live <laughs> for the slow burn. The problem is once they like make out for the first time, it's all downhill. You're like, ah, that's boring. That's the thing. That's why I love the slow burn is that it can, you know, last longer before it goes to shit. <laughs> right. Because then they just are either married and miserable or like they die. <laughs> that's just the next logical. Yes. <laughs> that's that's what happens. They get together and then they die. That's mm-hmm. generally the conclusion because story writers are unimaginative. Mm-hmm. Talking to you, mm-hmm. certain story writers that made yes. a show that's Sarah's current avatar. <laughs> 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 for the record it has almost been a full year and i am still bitter <laughs> we know <laughs> has it been that long oh my god march the 4th <laughs> i had not realized she has it on her calendar it's, no it's, i just remember it it's sarah's alamo she'll always remember it <laughs> yes the day that sarah's march 4th is the day that sarah's soul died that's yeah. true <laughs> oh god anyway Back to the present <laughs> show. So am I alone on the, the twist problems? Uh, I thought it was a decent twist, mainly because I don't know what I would have done personally. So I guess just be, I, I, I guess especially I guess particularly because I'm not a storyteller, I don't know what I would have done to make it better, but that's just me. Right. Yeah, I think it was it was sort of an anticlimactic twist. It was just I a, guess. It's just a very plot holy twist. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense when you start to think about it. Like, yeah, and it, it it made the whole episode feel like wasted somehow. Like there was no movement forward. Right, because we already knew Odo loved happened. Kira. Like yeah. that wasn't right. a surprise to us. 
Mm-hmm. Like they've been, they, they straight up, not only has it been obviously subtly hint, unsubtly hinted at, but in uh, Laksana basically said so like a few episodes ago. So mm-hmm. that was uh, Sarah's uh, requisite Laksana Troy happy sigh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very sweet. Yeah, I um when Odo did confess his love to Kira when I was watching this episode, I, I don't think I can replicate the, you know, happy squeak that I made. <laughs> but that was it was just so sweet. Oh, he he's loves uh, her. We, we've often praised uh, yeah. uh why does he have such a hard name? <laughs> we've often praised Renee. I'll just stop there. We've often praised his uh his body language in the show and how much he's able to act mm. with his body. And he has such a sad um, curl into a ball thing he does whenever he's uncomfortable. And it's so yeah, I know. sad. And you just want to give him a big hug. You know, like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think this episode was still good, though. I mean, we'll just, I suppose, since we're on the A plot, I thought the A plot was still good because we did get a lot of really nice Odo moments, like the one you mentioned. We did. And the. I really enjoyed his whole sort of story about this guy who sung sea shanties. And uh, there's a lot of really interesting sort of nice moments between him and Kira, which is unfortunate that it wasn't with him and Kira at all. Though props to Sarah, yeah. when she started the episode, she texted me like, what's wrong with Kira's makeup? She looks weird. <laughs> she acts weird. Oh, well, no, but but that was when they were in the, the runabout. And I, I think and I kind of thought that they didn't switch. Um. Or the the changeling didn't switch with real Kira. Oh yeah, you're right. That's in the before. cave, that's right. on the planet or the moon. Yeah, as a moon. Whatever. Yeah, moon. Celestial body. The surface <laughs> landed. Whatever. So yeah, but we um we talked about. I mean, I guess this is the same podcast episode, but in the last Deep Space Nine episode, we t- you know in reference to this one, there's. These two episodes, even though they aired one right after the other, don't feel like they should have in terms of, you know, plot. They could have been reversed and everything would have been... I don't know, it might have made almost more sense because instead of Nog going from an asshole to, like, you know, a really interesting and cool person, (laughs) it would have been reversed. It's like, well, maybe Nog's really cool, but he's still, you know, got his upbringing to contend with that he hasn't yet. And then instead of going from, you know love of Kira's life is now dead to, All of oh, you know, funny shenanigans on an asteroid or whatever it is. <laughs> we could go, have funny shenanigans on an asteroid and then she has to deal with the grief. Like, that. I I wish they had switched these episodes. Right. I, I totally agree with you and it is definitely the, the problem of serialized TV that you come back to sometimes where you're just like, oh, can you like, I know we, the point is to keep moving the story along and I appreciate that element, but can you like, Rebel in it just a little bit. Can you just yeah. have a little bit of it's just weird placing? Can at least be like, oh, I'm so sad about Barile Odo. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. To the point that, like, uh, yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't be surprised if Barile's not mentioned ever again because this is kind of how these shows work sometimes. Though Tasha Yar mm-hmm. was mentioned a lot, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, the they took at least that good element of TNG. That's the funny part of that TNG is you like watch all the episodes later where they mention Tashiara and they're so much better than the actual episode where she dies. <laughs> like That's true. The episode where she dies is like a throwback to the original series with like the bad landscape and the sludge a, monster. She's the sludge monster. She's literally a red shirt in that. And the problem is like... The, she is. And it's it's a good start because they do this sort of bold thing where they're like, they kill her off 10 minutes in and it's like, oh, wow. They could die like that fast. Like that's kind of neat. But then it's like, 
the sludge monster is the whiniest piece of shit. He's like so not intimidating later on. He just keeps going to Troy. He's like, I'm sad. I'm a sad mm. sludge monster. And you're like, ugh. This thing like killed Tashi Ark? Great. Wonderful. It's like the floating cloud from the Futurama episode that <laughs> makes fun of Star Trek. Well, she. Uh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, she. Because they couldn't find Scotty. Yes. I just wanted to mention w- uh, uh, one thing real quick, which is that uh, apparently when they were filming this episode, uh, the the sort of uh, prosthetic uh, prop for the crystal looked really, really bad <laughs> initially. Yeah. And uh, to quote Nana Visitor, she says, I thought it was going to look like my body turning to stone. Instead, I looked like a big hot fudge sundae and my head was the cherry on top. <laughs> that's accurate that is that is what it looked like <laughs> and apparently this episode was supposed to be like a real cheap bottle episode which kind of makes sense you know you got like two actors and just a few little non-slow lines so it's supposed to be like a save point but they had to do so many odo effects and so much like later on cgi to try their best to make it not look so bad the rock prop that ended up being like the most expensive episode of the season oh, <laughs> or no. one of the most expensive so be careful what you're trying to do sometimes when you're making tv shows yeah, make sure it is actually within your means. And didn't you say earlier when we were talking about this episode that um, Nana Visitor was rather claustrophobic? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even yes. more props to her for yes. this for being able to do this episode. She said this and Second Skin were nightmares because she, she hates anything sort of oh, on God. top of her body. And that heavy mm. makeup for Second Skin, she was not a fan of. So Apparently... I imagine the end of section, she's like, it's like ripping off prosthetics. <laughs> oh, God. Right? It's like, they, they probably asked her, do, do you want any help? No, I got this. Trust me. And like 30 seconds later, she comes out like it's all gone. Done. I think so. some actors just don't, aren't ready for how cumbersome they are. Like, I know that uh, John Reese davies hated his prosthetics for Lord of the Rings. And apparently he asked to burn them at the end of shooting. Oh, the wow. end of Return of the King. <laughs> He's like, I don't want these saved. I want them burnt. I hate these things. <laughs> I could burn. Did so they ask we... him to come back for The Hobbit at all? I think they only asked Orlando Bloom. Okay. Sure. I mean, I know obviously he wasn't, uh, John Rhys Davis wasn't in it, but that must have been a funny conversation if they had done. It's like, hey, do you want to come back for The Hobbit? Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like, I, I can imagine Peter Jackson calling him and be like, hey, so I know you totally burned your prosthetics the first time around, <laughs> but you know, we kind of went back and like remade them. No! Just curious. <laughs> like, would you want to make a cameo or something? And he's like, Delete my number off your phone. Never call me again. <laughs> New phone. Who yes. this? <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> I, New I will, phone. Who this? Exactly. I, I will. I will say though. I, I agree. I like to, to get to get back to get back to the, to Heart of Stone. I I, uh, I agree. I agree with 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 the with the sentiment of of them of them possibly never mentioning uh, Burial again because 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 do, because do you know who do you know who someone who they have not mentioned basically since she dipped out? Kyle Paka. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They mentioned her though like, a couple times. They mentioned how like when they found out she was a traitor. Well, yeah. Well, well, well yeah. But I mean, like, 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 outside of that episode, it's just like nothing. Like, like, even, even when, even when, um, Kai Wen is doing something. Like, 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 we, we never, we never get, we never got like Baril or uh, or or Kira just being off in the background, being like, being like, 
Kai Opaka would like Opaka would never uh, do this. She right. would never be doing this for personal gain. What the hell is Wynn doing? Like we don't get that. Right. I can see, yeah. And I think that's part of the, the issue with some of these episodes is that when a yeah. character leaves they're like, This is the story now. Now one thing we did sort of learn that's sort of interesting that I think the one big revelation of this episode is that we see that uh, the changings are capable of doing a full humanoid uh, form. This is, I think, the first time seeing yeah. she she, perfe- yeah, the- she perfectly imitated Kira's look and voice. So I'm wondering. If this yeah, will have she sort even of got the Bajoran, got the Bajoran nose and- that Odo has such trouble with. Yeah, whereas Odo. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because like we thought like she looked like the the other woman like that because like they're just not capable of it but it's clearly the case that Oda just hasn't learned it yet because we see that she has incredible morphing capabilities and so I do wonder mm-hmm. if they'll have sort of a a the thing-esque uh, you know who is the changing who's not in the future because I think that uh, could oh I'm, I'm sure they will because if that's the case yeah, now where they now, can look like people and you're doing a Battlestar Galactica thing where like hey the evil guys look like us now then Oh, probably mean mm-hmm. and like and and then and then, there, and then there's the possibility that 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 if if odo ever gets to that point th- like th- like if we, we could we could have we, we could have our men and women be like be, be, like, like have, have odo doing the same thing and so just there's going to be an episode where it's, or at least i think there will be an episode where it's like just mass confusion like who in this room can we trust yeah. Can I trust myself? Can I trust you? I'm not sure yet. It's gonna be so good. Be good. Oh my god! That like 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 the, the the kinds of questions that they'll have to ask be like, okay, you remember that one day on blah 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 when we were doing this thing in the place? Name it now. Go right like that uh, a TNG episode where the bugs invaded uh, Star Trek and like go into people's spinal columns and like invade. Oh the, yeah, the, yeah. Oh, that's, that's good stuff. Ugh. Ugh, I forgot about that. Episode. That episode's really gory, by the way. I forgot how gory that. Yeah, episode. it is. He like melts a guy. Which, it's crazy. Which is why I'm over here, like just shuddering <laughs> to myself. I'm just like, ah, ah, ah. well, let's go to something cute, which I thought was neat. Which is, uh, uh, there's just like a nice little side I wanted to point out when Bashir and uh, Cisco are talking, and Cisco's like, uh, oh, that male ensign is pregnant because <laughs> his species, I guess, the males yeah. get pregnant, and he was like, I'm gonna throw him a baby yeah. shower. <laughs> That was lovely. So cute. Is it what? I mean, the the way they described it, it sounded like it was like a, you know, a coral or something. Like he's, you know, he's Mm -hmm. budding. Right. Yes. That's what he said. Like polyps or something. (laughs) He's like, oh, he's on this, and and then Cisco takes a moment. He's like, he's pregnant. (laughs) It's really cute. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk a little bit about the Nog storyline, which I I loved. I think it was. Uh, whether it should come before or after, I'm I'm glad it came at the very least because, like I said, it was a peak Nog annoyance, and I really like this decision. I think this is a good way to use Nog instead of just being sort of a rapscallion in the future. And I thought his speech was one of the best speeches we've had in Deep Space Nine yet. Uh, I agree, that, I absolutely that, agree. Right. I thought really it was good. fantastic. Like I thought, like that that hit that hit some that hit some chords within me. I was just like, dude, he is like. The key, like like Nog is in this to win it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they did a good job because Rom too has always been such a jokey character, and now he's such a sad character in an interesting way. I know, and right? explains a lot of things as we mentioned before. Like Nog was really good at hacking into something once, and 
he's shown like proficiency in certain things before and it's like oh he's just like taken down because he's not a good salesman and that's all Ferengi ever said you have to be is like a salesman or a gangster or something you know and, like mm-hmm. he should just be in Starfleet he should be O'Brien he's the O'Brien yes he's the O'Brien oh of Ferengi yes. <laughs> and like and, and I mean like and and, and, I'm, pre- and I'm and I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that, that, that because that because that because he is because he is Ram's son, Nog thinks the world of his dad, and he thinks that he is and he and when he says and when he says that Ram is brilliant, he means that Ram is like amazing, yeah, like like, like, he, like just amazing at engineering. So it's like so it's like I'm pretty sure Nog's mind like like I'm pretty sure Nog's mind Ram is better than O'Brien. Oh yeah. I'm certain, but just it wasn't given the same opportunities, and therefore exactly just works at his uncle's exactly. bar. Yeah, I thought that was just a, a great idea, and I really am proud of Nog. In a weird way, like I am too. Uh, when he when he did the task, and Dax is like, "Yeah, you crushed it. You did like better than yeah. anybody." I was like, "Oh, got some stuff we missed." <laughs> yep, yep. It's like it's like it's like when when Nog, when Nog said, "I'll have it to, I'll have it on on Cisco's desk before he leaves for the day." It's like he was kind of serious about that. Also, side note, he I've kind of I've did. noticed that Dax is very interesting because she's be, she's like the most liberal, open minded person on the show, and so like they always go to her for any sort of like to show like a level of something. You know what I mean? Where it's like. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, of course I want to bring in Starfleet, but Nog? You know, so it was like clearly not racism or speciesism. It was clearly like... It was more but, just like him Nog as a person. <laughs> yeah. It was more just like him as a person. She's like she's like the Paul Abdul of the crew where she's like, where she's like, I want to give everyone a chance, but depending on who you are, maybe not you in particular, <laughs> but someone like you, I'm definitely down for. Oh man, there should be a Paul Abdul for the Starfleet Academy. Like, mm, no, sorry, no. <laughs> Honey, I, I love you and I think you're great. And you're, I love your personality, but I, I'm, I'm sorry. You're, you're just not the right fit for this competition. <laughs> Say, I, I'm actually happy to watch Nog's Starfleet storyline from here on out, and I, I hope Same. the little guy makes it. Is there anything yeah, else me to, too. to say for Heart of Stone? <clears throat> yeah. No, I don't think so. All right. Well, that has been our episode. Next week, we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 15, and Episode 16, which will be Destiny and Profit Motive. I'm sure the latter will have no Ferengis in it whatsoever. Not at all. all. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CBTN underscore Meatshield. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It does help us find new listeners. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>